Hey everybody, we have with us tonight an accomplished doubles player on the professional tour, a Wofford College graduate, and a person who had a very cool experience at this past year's U.S. Open. Please welcome to the pod, Rob Galloway. Hey Rob, thanks for uh, joining me and telling everybody a little bit about your, your tennis journey. Yeah, hey David, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, excited to kind of tell my story a little bit. Cool, so we just wrapped up your... 2018 season, uh, another very productive season, but I want to kind of go back at the end of the 2017 season, because you finished that year, it was insane. I think you won six Futures doubles titles in a row, Um, and I think it was all in Kuwait and South Africa. Talk a little bit about maybe stuff leading up to that run, and then while you were on that run, was just everything clicking, you know, mentally, physically, health-wise. Go kind of talk a little bit about that amazing run you had. Yeah, so I had a kind of a decent uh, early 2017. I kind of had one, one or two futures, I think, and uh, but it kind of slowed down at that point. So I figured I'd try and go somewhere kind of exotic, um, and I matched up with a, another college tennis former college tennis player, Benjamin Locke, and we just decided, hey, let's go somewhere kind of out there and just see how we can do. And, uh, and honestly, we go out there in the first week of the first tournament, our first match of the first tournament, we save a match point. And so we win that ma- match, and then we go on to win the tournament, and then it kind of just kind of rolls from there. Yeah, it ended up being like 23 matches in a row or something crazy. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know at any level – that, that, that's tough to do. I mean, it doesn't matter. So it's <laughs> fun. Like, okay, so you win one, and then you're like, okay, let's try to let's try to maybe go back to back. And you win the second one, and then you're like, okay, three peat, right? You you do the three peat, and now are you and your partner just like, oh my god, like we're on some roll here? Um, are you counting like are, are, now we're not four, are we at five? Are you counting this as we're going, or are you just kind of like not not trying to do anything different, try and try not to jinx yourself? What? It was kind of that whole thing going, wearing the same shirts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so after like the first one or two, we kind of started think, thinking about it a little bit. And then once we want, like, so it made us a little nervous winning like three and four. And then after that, it was kind of it was kind of comical to that point where we just were started like laughing like, oh, we're going to lose at some point. Uh, it's bound to happen. So at that point, actually the pressure just kind of like released off of us and we actually ended up finish out the year with two more wins yeah that's that's a great point and people were taking notice too i know bobby knight of college tennis today he was putting stuff on um twitter about you guys also um the the family that you stay when you play the Winneka challenger i was texting with with mike you and i both know mike real well i was texting with him i'm like you got to see this guy this guy's on a roll right now it was pretty cool um so obviously you end that year on a crazy roll and you kind of took that momentum into the 2018 year. Um, you just finished four doubles titles, um, so another successful year. 2018 U.S. Open, which we're going to get into a little bit more detail. You made the second round of that. But before we kind of dive into that 2018 U.S. Open experience you had, um, kind of talk about this year. Yeah, so the start of the year, so after I was up those six tournaments, I ended, my ranking was around 300 or so. So I was feeling pretty good coming into this year, and then honestly, the start of the year was pretty slow for me. I, I didn't have great results, and I, I got in a few challengers every once in a while, but just mainly playing futures, and uh, yeah, still kind of grinding it out. And, I, and honestly, it was to the point where 
in like early April, I was like kind of jokingly applying for jobs online and different things like that, where I didn't even know if I was going to keep playing. But I, I mean, I still, I still had the desire to play, but just the results weren't coming. I was getting frustrated. And then, like the same week I was doing that, uh, I ended up getting a pretty good partner, uh, Dennis Kudla, and uh, we had a tough draw, but we ended up just winning the tournament, the Challenger in Tallahassee, and that kind of sparked it off for me. And honestly, that kind of changed my mentality. Um, from there, just my confidence started to grow, and uh, yeah, it was. It, and then the summer went by, won a few more Challengers on the hard courts. Also, had another good partner, Bradley Kahn, and uh, another top hundred, former top hundred doubles player. Roberto made team, and uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, just confidence started to grow, and as the summer went on, it just kind of felt like I belonged there. It didn't matter who I was playing, so it was, it was, it was great. Awesome, and I don't think I, I've disclosed. Your ranking right now is, I believe, without this past week, which you just finished, I think you're right at 110 right now. Um, yeah, yeah that's right. there at the end of the year. Yep. So let's kind of talk about um, the 2018 U.S. Open experience because it was pretty crazy. And for those um, who follow on social media, please check out um, his name is Bo Trays. He did a nice article on um, Rob and his doubles partner along with a podcast with Rob and his doubles partner. And um, go check that out because it's really entertaining and, it's a, and, and the podcast is entertaining. The article is very well written. But kind of talk a little bit about that experience because you were not even planning on playing if, if memory serves me correct i think you were just kind of hanging around acting as a practice partner for some guys and, and your doubles partner was not even in new york yeah i mean it was, it was a crazy experience um so initially me and uh the guy that i ended up playing with nathaniel Lamons, uh we had applied for a wild card to the usda and we and we thought we had a good chance of getting it i had decent results over the summer on the hard courts and but eventually, when it came down to it, we didn't get the wild card. So I was pretty pretty bummed, and I actually thought about not even going up there at all. And uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Jamie Seratani, who's who plays a lot, he's been around for a while uh, playing. He convinced me to go up there and kind of be his coach slash sitting partner, and just be out there, just get the good experience. But also, I just assigned as alternate as well. I mean, crazier things have happened. Um, yeah, so then from there, I was up there. I, was, I got to practice every day, but my partner wasn't up there. Um, so I was feeling pretty comfortable. And then, uh, yeah, so when the main draw started, it was so hot. Like, it was brutally hot. And so many matches were just going long, and people just came off the course looking exhausted. So, uh, yeah, just people started dropping. We started, I think we were eighth on the alternate list. Yeah, I was going to ask you where you started. I think that's, I remember yeah. reading you guys were eight. Yeah, so we started at eight, and then all of a sudden, just the first team gets in the second team gets in the third team gets in so we're like all right and then we knew a few other teams weren't actually there that had signed up so we're at this point we're like three three on the list three or four on the list and so i'm just going all right it's a possibility and so like the end of the the first day i think we were like second out so i was like all right man i immediately got on the phone called my partner and was like man you got to get up here i don't care what it takes we might not get in but this is something we'll, we'll regret if we don't try (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So he he scrambled. He was doing stuff at home, getting his visa ready to go like to China or, or somewhere. He bailed on all that and uh, flew up that that next day. And he actually got there. And uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. We got to practice a little bit, and uh, yeah, then we got in. And that that's a whole other story on itself. Right. Um, Talk a little bit about Stevie. Yeah. So uh, the way it works is that there's a list. 
so the alternate list, there was technically a team that was in front of us that could have gotten in, but they weren't on site. So that day, um, I guess the last match was on court. Or I had, like, if a match goes on court, then the, re- the list resets for the next day, the last match. And so um, we kind of like watching it and watching it. And we saw Stevie kind of rolled his ankle in the match against, I think it was against Team. We're talking about, for the, the listeners, we're talking about Stevie Johnson, by the way. Yeah, Steve Johnson, um, and uh, yeah, so he kind of rolled his ankle, but he kept playing on it and had a long five-step match, and so he comes into the locker room after I see him, he's kind of hobbling, and uh, I just go, man, like, I wonder if he's going to play doubles, I didn't ask him, because obviously he lost, I didn't want to, um, but the more I saw it, he was getting treatment, and he didn't look good, so I just mentioned to his coach, I said, do you think Steve's going to play doubles? And he said, uh, no, it doesn't look like it. Like, it, it looks, his ankle looks pretty bad. So at that point, like, my heart's racing. Like, it's, it's on. Like, now we just got to get him to pull out before that last doubles match goes on so that team in front of us doesn't come. So I go up to his coach a few minutes later and just kind of explain the situation. Um, just said, yeah, we're two Americans. We're trying to get in. I know, obviously, if he wants to play, that's, that's his choice. Like, he can play for sure. Like, um, and he understood the whole situation, and he, yeah, he helped us out by, by kind of going to get it done, and uh, yeah, letting us get in, which was just absolutely crazy. I mean, I, I was almost moved to tears at that, at that point. <laughs> That's crazy, I, and I mean, obviously, that was really cool, Stevie, to, to do that, um, you know, letting two Americans get in, too, so you're in, right? So round one, you play against two other Americans who actually did get the wild card. Um, you were earlier in the story said you you did not get the wild card. You were kind of bummed out about that. A little extra firepower and motivation uh, before that match. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to deny that. Yeah, we were we were pretty pumped uh, to play against a wild card team and kind of kind of prove our stuff. Um, Which you did. I mean, the the match was six two six two, and in doubles matches don't usually go that easy. Yeah, we came out. I think that was both of us. That was probably the best tennis we played all year. Like it was. We came out the first game and broke uh, Pelka, who, if you don't know who that is, he's just a giant server, one of the biggest servers on tour. And, yeah, he uh, just won a challenge. He just uh, won the Champagne Challenger, I believe, yeah, in the so final he, today. They beat they beat uh, Robin, his partner Nathaniel, beat um, Kevin King and Riley Opelka, six two six two in the first round. And Riley, yeah, he's huge server, big big yeah, guy. Yeah, he's top hundred now. We came out that match and uh, and broke him first game, and they were kind of stunned at that and. Uh, yeah, it was, it was. It couldn't have been better. I mean, we, we honestly played the perfect match, and uh, yeah, so that was really exciting. And then you play, so you get you, you get the W in round one, and then you play two former Grand Slam champions in round two, Marcia Granollers and, and Ivan Dodig in the second round. And hey, you guys were right there. The scores were what six four seven six. Yeah, I mean, we had we had chances for sure. Um, it was kind of it was a, just a whole crate like a new experience. We were joking like walking on the court, like we had like kind of like security walks up to the court and Nathaniel and I were kind of laughing like how many times have these guys done this and this is our first time like we're just like enjoying everything uh, but it, it was good I mean we we came out and we we kind of knew we had a chance to win we uh we kind of expected to win to be honest we didn't want to go out there and just kind of lay down in front of two good players um and uh yeah I mean the second set we I know we had a few break points a couple of, like one game I think went to like at least 10 deuces which, uh, yeah, just kind of drug it out. But we gave ourselves the best chance possible. I mean, yeah, it was fun. 
This is just another example, and some of the listeners that listen to these podcasts are obviously very well-schooled in the sport of tennis, and some are just general sports fans who don't really know a lot about the sport after the stars. And to lose to those two guys, 6-4, 7-6, like you said, you had several chances to really make it interesting. This just goes to show you the depth in men's tennis and the singles and doubles side. And, um, you know, when you see someone, whether it's singles and doubles, you know, 140 beating someone, number 50 or 50 you know 55 or whatever the difference between 50 and 140 is really next to nothing it's more mental than anything um and and this was an example of that you know the the their opponents rob's opponents they've just been in those bigger moments a little bit more often than than rob and nathaniel but again the the talent level itself there's not much difference between those guys between you know 50 and 150 so um, another example of that. Well, thanks for sharing. That's, that's awesome. And, and I know you, you kind of took that experience with, with you through the rest of the year and then obviously going to do that um, in 2019 as well. If, if we can take a little step back now, we usually do this first um, with our guests, but you had interesting stories the last two years, which I wanted to get to immediately. But kind of talk a little bit about your background. I know you're South Carolina native. Um, did your parents play? Do you have siblings? Did they play? Kind of walk us through how you got involved in the sport. Yeah, so I grew up playing tennis my, my whole life, as long as I can remember, honestly, um, since I was probably five years old. Um, my dad played college tennis at William & Mary, and my grandfather, he was the, the true stud of the family. He was a national champion at William & Mary, and uh, I think he finaled Kalamazoo a few times. Wow. And, and uh, yeah, he, he was a stud player. And I even think his dad played. So I'm, I'm like the fourth, at least the third, maybe the fourth generation tennis players on my, my, on my dad's side. Now, did your grandfather kind of take you under uh, his wing when you were real little? Uh, unfortunately, he passed away when I was really little. So uh-huh. I actually never even like got to spend any time on court with him. But I always kind of heard the stories. And I actually have his national championship ring and stuff like that. That's hey, you got, you got his genes, man. You got his genes, so that's good. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my, my mom played a little bit, just a little like club tennis. And I have an older, one older sister, and she played high school tennis, but she never really got into it that much. But, yeah, I mean, my, my dad, good tennis player as well, 5-5 um, five, five level player. Doesn't play anymore just because of injuries and stuff. But uh, I honestly don't think I ever beat him. Um, <laughs> he got – until I was about 14, he uh, he was always beating me, just serving volleying and uh, – Stuff like that, and then he had he had a bunch of injuries that kind of took him away from the game. But five five, know, yeah, never, five yeah. five levels really good, really really good. Yeah. So yeah. you you played for you played your collegiate tennis at, at Wofford College. Um, you know it's funny you you think of Wofford and you don't think of it's really a um, a hotbed for for pros to come out of there. But you know a recent guest I had Christopher Williams, he started his first two years at Wofford, and he has said some really really nice things about you as well. Talk, kind of talk a, a little bit about you know, why you chose that school. Were you recruited by other schools? What was it at Wofford that really kind of pulled you to sign with them? So I actually have a, a crazy story. I'm not sure if you, if you even know about this, uh, how I ended up at Wofford or playing college and tennis in general. So uh, I was I was ranked probably top five in the southeast and top maybe top 20 or 30 in the country in the 12s, maybe 14s. And I, I got completely burned out of tennis. Like, I, I was I was done with it. So I actually went to a boarding school up in Virginia. Um, not, a, not a tennis school. Uh, it's called Woodbury Forest. 
And uh, I, I played high school tennis, but I also played high school squash, played a year of football, different things like that. So I had kind of given up tennis on that level. And then all of a sudden, my junior year, uh, I really just got the bug again and wanted to keep playing and started practicing a lot more and playing a lot and kind of got it back. And I actually ended up at a summer camp at Wofford and had a good showing, actually beat a couple of his players, different things like that. And uh, yeah, ended up offering me like a tiny scholarship, if, if you can even call it that. And um, yeah, that was the only school that offered me anything. I mean, deservedly so. I had no, no resume in high school. Probably played like three or four USDA tournaments throughout high school. Yeah, so that's kind of how I ended at Wofford. Wow. And, and we love hearing these stories because every, everybody's journey is different. And, yeah, um, exactly. You talk about the burnout. You know, Christopher Williams said the same thing. He he was burned out a little bit when he transferred to Tennessee, and he took a little bit of time off as well. So, again, tennis is a tough sport, and when you want to play at a high high level, you got to really be on court all the time. You got to love competing, and um, sometimes burnout can happen. But sometimes that burnout is really not burnout, as opposed to I just kind of need a break. And it's not like I want to give up the sport to um, forever. It's just I need to get away from a little bit get that love back for the sport and then get back into it. And that's exactly what, what appears happened to you. And, uh, I'm sure you're glad you did get that love back for the sport because you're having, uh, you're having some fun doing it now. Yeah. I mean, once I really committed to trying to play college tennis, I mean, I could, so I was kind of behind in the game and still improving. And, uh, yeah, I mean, going to offer actually ended up being a great decision for me, even if I had been playing, all throughout high school, I, I honestly believe that um, just kind of gave me that grit and uh, maybe kind of work for it a little bit more. Like it was just kind of kind of earning respect all throughout the way. That's great. So I want to kind of talk a, a little bit about your double success. Obviously, that's something that that you hang your hat on, um, especially the last few years. Was double something that always came kind of naturally to you? Is it something that you really enjoy um, about playing with a partner, the team? aspect of it as opposed to singles um, just kind of talk a little bit about how you got into uh, playing doubles how much you enjoy it the successes you've had um, I just kind of leave it at that yeah so uh, yeah doubles has kind of always been a little natural to me um, like my dad is a certain volleyer just always at the net so playing playing with him growing up I was just taught to come to the net same with my coach Rob Thompson here in Greenville, he a uh, big volleyer and, and big emphasis at the net and feel and touch. So even just growing up, I would come and I would be like 12 years old and I'd be playing in men's night at, at the country club here and playing just playing doubles. And uh, yeah, it just kind of all started from there. Um, had a lot of influences at doubles. But yes, my freshman year at Walford, due to an injury, a senior had to, had to step away from the lineup. And so I actually jumped into number one doubles straight away at Walford. And uh I never looked back, so I've, I mean, I've always had doubles kind of deep in my roots. Now, the challenges of playing, you know, you don't always play with the same partner, and we've seen that in, obviously, your career. What are the challenges in that? I mean, is there a specific side that you really like to, um, that you prefer to return on and you really don't want to give that up? Um, you know, certain tendencies that you're used to, and when, you, when you're changing partners a lot, is that something that's in the negotiation of, okay, maybe it will work out, or maybe, you know what, you, you like to return on the side, I like to return, maybe it's just not a good fit and try to find somebody else? Yeah, I mean, that's honestly one of the tougher parts about professional doubles, which at the very top doesn't seem very difficult because 
the guys are all ranked so high that they just play together. But at the lower levels, I mean, even up to 40 in the world, everyone's trying to mix and match and find a good partner and get in certain tournaments. So that can be pretty stressful, honestly. You're just trying to, I mean, if you have a set partner, it's great. That, that, that's what you kind of look for, but it doesn't always work out that way. Um, and for me, I, I like to think I'm versatile in terms of returning. Uh, I've, I've won a few challengers on the deuce side and uh, won one recently on the ad side, played US Open on the ad side. So I like to feel, feel like I could play with either one, and uh, if whoever I play with, they can kind of choose what they like, make them feel comfortable that way. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Um, trying to think. Like, this year I played a lot with a few singles guys, and that, that obviously is way different than playing with a guy that's purely doubles and focusing on coming to the net. So it's just all about being adaptable. Got that's that's the biggest thing. Got it. Hey, I, I got to ask you this question because I, I know the guy's obviously struggled in singles this year, but he is just killing it in doubles. And it's that forehand that no one seems to be able to handle at net. Have you ever practiced with Jack Soccer? Have you ever handled that forehand when you're up at net trying to uh, – that ball is just moving. It's so heavy and it's just moving like a crazy number of rotations. Um are you surprised yeah. at the success he's having? Have you ever seen a ball that comes close to, to a ball like that? Yeah, so I've never played against or practiced with Jack, but uh, I mean, I've watched, obviously, a bunch of his matches and know a bunch of people that have played with him and against him and stuff, and they say it's, it's one of the biggest balls they've ever seen come off, like, a forehand. Um, and, I mean, even back when Jack was obviously doing better in singles, but... Uh, People would always say, like, if he really committed to it, he would be one of the best doubles players in the world. Like, just is just purely based on that. Like, it, he just hit such a big ball. Um, so it's not that big of a surprise. But yeah, I mean, he's he's a great player. Um, Unbelievable, right? What he's been doing this year. I mean, he wins titles with a bunch of different partners too. So you were talking about versatility. Um, he's shown that this year too. He is an amazing doubles player. Uh, well, with that, I you know what we've been going a little over 20, 20 minutes now. Um, just want to wish you you know the best of luck. You've had a, a great past two years on tour, and I know um, you're going to have continued success. I would say I'd love to see you in Winneka next uh, next summer. That's the uh, I think it's seventy five k challenger now. Um, you play that the last couple summers in July. If uh, we know we're very close to the host family where you stay at. If for some reason you're not playing in Winneka, it's because maybe you're playing for a little bit more money and more ranking points on the line on the, on the main tour. But um, either way, it's going to be uh, it'll be great, great seeing you uh, in person, or great watching you uh, on TV and following along. So thanks again for doing this, and best of luck, Rob, in 2019. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, hopefully I get up to Winneka. I hope to see uh, Robin and uh, Mike and. Beth and everyone up there. I love Winneka. But uh, yeah, hopefully the year goes well and we'll just keep pushing. Got it. Thanks, Rob. Have a good holiday and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you in 2019. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Again, there was Rob Galloway. Great, great kid. Um, had a great two years on tour, 2017 and 2018. Again, really cool U.S. Open experience. Um, hope you enjoyed hearing a little bit of that story from him. And Appreciate you listening and stay tuned for another guest in the near future. Thanks.